It's your old pal Seer Claus here once again, and you know that I've brought my sack of gifts for all you good little boys and girls. I've made my list, I've checked it twice, and I'm hoping you set out some cookies for my jolly fat ass. So pull up a seat by the old Yule Log, and let's get ready to unwrap some spooky stories for some very special people. Let me reach into my bag now and pull out the first present. Let's see now. Here we go. This gift is for Paula Traz over at the Goodnight Podcast. Paula was the winner of our first contest and managed to snag herself a free scry t-shirt. And as a bonus prize, she receives the first gift from beyond the veil this holiday season. Shared by Hootie Who and given to Paula comes this tale of an experience that he had following the death of a loved one. I've always been skeptical of many of the types of stories told. Then something happened to me. Going on three years ago this December, my youngest brother shot and killed himself in my grandfather's home. Both grandparents had passed. My grandfather actually passed of natural causes in the bedroom that my brother shot himself in. When my brother died, I've kind of took it on myself to clean up the mess so other family members didn't have to see or experience that. If you're law enforcement, fire, EMS, and have worked a case like this, you know what I mean. I'd get the bulk of it done within 24 hours of the event, but had to go back a couple days later to get some stuff of his for my dad. To enter the bedroom, you have to walk through a vanity washroom area. It's kind of a T. One leg goes to the bathroom about 10 feet away, and the other into that bedroom. So you have to walk by a double sink counter to get into the bedroom, which is in plain view of the toilet. I had to piss, and my wife was in the upstairs bathroom in the other end of the house. There was an Aquafina water bottle on the sink counter a few feet away, with just a little bit of water left in it. It was my brother's. I hadn't really paid much attention to it prior. My wife had yelled at me asking a question about something and I turned my head, looking past the sink area, to hear her better. When all of a sudden, that water bottle flew off the counter across the floor, into the bedroom my brother shot himself in. Now when I say flew, I mean it was launched, like I walked up and smacked it full force off the counter with my hand. I saw this happen. The issue 
was for someone to smack it in that direction, the blow would have to come from the mirror. It freaked me the fuck out. My wife heard the bottle being smacked and flying across the floor. She came running downstairs to see if I had fallen and ran into me getting the fuck out of that room. Holy shit! That house has sat vacant since. I will not go back there unless someone else is there, and even then I get the chills and anxiety as soon as I get out of the truck. I pretty much will not go back in the house. We've had two to three incidents since where the neighbors will call my dad letting him know a light is on in the house and no one had been there in weeks. Only three people have keys or access and none of us left the lights on. I would not use the death of my brother as a means for an amusing ghost story. That shit really happened. I saw it with my own eyes, and I will not go back in that room. I've always been one to call bullshit on these type of stories. But that day changed how I view a lot of things. express my sympathies enough. Thank you for sharing your story, and congratulations once again, Paula, on winning our first contest earlier this year. Seer Claus is going to reach into his sack once again and pull out another present. This gift goes to our friends over at Real Life Ghost Stories, who played our promo earlier this year resulting in a huge wave of new listeners and new story submissions. For their kindness, they get this story, shared by Phil75401, who experienced something spooky one night while at work. Here is his story. I used to work at a radio station, worked there for about a decade. I had two different people, both of whom were working the overnight shifts at the time of their experience, neither ever meeting each other, described to me seeing a ghost of a coal miner. Their descriptions were 90% similar standing in the exact same spot in the building. One described him as wearing gray overalls, a flannel shirt, a hat with a carbide light, 
smoking a cigarette. He said that all around it was a mist, like looking at it through a fog. The second person described it as wearing white overalls, a flannel shirt, hat with a carbide light, and a beard, big and scary looking. I would add that the land that radio station sits on is over an old coal mine. I don't know if either of these two people knew that. I never saw anything in the time I worked there, but weird things would happen in the building. Reel-to-reel machines would start on their own. Cart machines would start on their own. Things like that. The second person I was referring to above told me a story that happened one night. She started a CD with five cuts on it, left the room to get a cup of coffee, comes back to the control room, having only been gone for a few minutes. The CD has gone through its entire length, which was close to an hour's duration, and is on cut seven, which should not exist on that CD. Try as she might, she could never get that CD to get to a cut seven again. Try as he might, our engineer could not get it to a cut seven. Things like that occurred to the point that our engineer coined a phrase. You must have imagined it. Because some of the things that we would describe to him that happened weren't possible. Phil75401 Thank you for that awesome story. I've always wondered if someone were to build a radio station over an old cemetery, would they broadcast EVPs? Your radio station may not have been built over burial grounds, but I wonder if there aren't some phantom voices that show up in any broadcast recordings. Thanks again, Phil. And thanks also to Real Life Ghost Stories for help spreading the word of Scry. Seer Claus is going to open his sack of goodies once again, and let's see who receives the next gift. It's Paula and Ale, the two ladies behind Undercover Coven. Over the past year, these fellow podcasters have become great friends of not only the show, but on a personal level as well, and have shown great support. For their support, they receive this gift that was shared by Reverend Wheelis, whose name I mispronounced with his previous submission. Sorry about that, Reverend. We'll get you an extra Christmas cookie to make up for it. Here is his tale.
While not long after I moved back up to Louisiana from Hell House in Texas, I was married to my first wife for seven years of, well, I'll say just unhappiness. The second wife was a mistake in the first place. Lasted two weeks after three years of dating. And wife number three, well, as of today, it's been 13 years in 2020. Oh boy, it's been a roller coaster ride. Wife three and I were married and found a place in Deadwood, Texas. And we stayed there for only a few months. She worked nights and I slept on the couch. A very uncomfortable place. But I could not sleep without lights on in the house because of things touching me or pushing me. One night, her cat was coughing up blood and blood was coming from its nose for no reason at all. We moved as soon as possible and found another place to rent. I was in the oil field from about 2005 to 2015. With wife three at the rent house, she had noticed that she kept hearing her name called. She would see someone peeking around corners of the house, and no one would be there but her. The cats would run around and be playing with things that we couldn't see. You could smell cigarette smoke, and we didn't smoke. One night, as I was working at an oil well location, and the land is said to be haunted. My drivers would report people walking up and down the lease roads in the middle of the night in Civil War clothes. Anyway, I was on the phone talking to my wife, and I kept hearing a noise in the back seat of my truck. So I turned on the light and didn't find anything. The noise continued on, and my wife said, You have a camera. Just take a picture and see if you see it that way. I said, See what, a bug? So I took the picture and it freaked me out. I'll try to upload it for you to see. So, anyway. Nothing else happened that night until I got home from work. I got ready for bed, and my wife leaves for the day, and I'm laying in a blacked out room with no daylight whatsoever. Well, I hear the bedroom door open, and I see a silhouette of what looked like my wife and I sleep on my stomach. So I'm looking at her beside the bed. I felt her sit down and place her hands on my back. And as I try to roll over, she pushes me back down. So I try to roll again, and she pushes harder. Now I'm mad, thinking she is playing with me. But the pressure gets harder and harder. Now, my wife is 4 foot 10, 120 soaking wet. 
I'm five foot ten, two hundred and seventy. She ain't holding me down. But this one did. I could feel the fingernails digging into my back, and I said with a loud voice and all my might, Enough! Stop it! And came up with an elbow that would have knocked anyone out cold. And no one was there. The outline, the hair, the height was all the same as my wife. I called my wife and asked where she was and if she was messing with me. She was over an hour away from me. I called my father and told him. He said that the one on the picture sent another to release him from the picture. That next day, I was off work and my wife goes to bed. And I wasn't tired, so I'd go to the living room and start watching TV. And my wife comes in and asks what I keep coming in there for, because she can't sleep with me walking around the bedroom. I told her I have not been back in there since I left out earlier. Reverend Wheelis, thank you for sharing that story and for becoming a regular contributor to the show. You will definitely be joining Undercover Coven on Seer Claus's nice list this year. The good Reverend was kind enough to include the photograph that he mentions in his story, and you can find it on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages to check it out for yourself. Old Seer Claus will be back in just a moment. I need to refill my eggnog and run someone's grandma over with my reindeer. But I'll be back shortly. Do you like creepy stories? True crime? Cults? Dogs? Wait, that has nothing to do with it. Well, then you should listen to Undercover Coven. I'm Paula. I'm Ali. And Undercover Coven is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Come Come join join us. us. Bye. We are divided. Now more than ever. We separate ourselves based on politics, race, age, favorite sports teams, religion, and even what fandoms we subscribe to. But there is one thing that we all have in common. Death. You're gonna die. I'm gonna die. We're all gonna die. Coffin Cast seeks to shine a light on the thing that unites us all with a mix of true crime, strange death stories, and a little education mixed in. So when you find yourself at odds with someone, just remember, they are going to die too. Scrap.
Welcome back to Christmas. I mean, Scry. Seer Claus just built an anatomically correct snowman in the yard, so I'm sure the neighbors will be complaining. But to hell with them, because I have more presents to hand out. Our next gift goes out to another podcasting friend who has appeared on numerous podcasts and shown this little endeavor support as well. I'm talking about Kristen from CoffinCast. Or Kristen from Dispatches of Disassociation. Or Kristen from Cage's Kiss. Take your pick. Kristen, your story comes courtesy of BearDog308. Let's listen in. So my house in the Southern California mountains is haunted. It's nothing negative. Apparitions. Cabinets opening and closing. Footsteps on the stairs. Hearing your name whispered, etc, etc. They also like to lock the dogs in bedrooms and separate my flip-flops. Everyone that has stayed at the house has experienced something. My non-believing brother had the corner of his bed lifted and dropped. And then he left. Anyway, I'm on the couch in the living room, reading a book. My wife had already went to bed, and I ended up falling asleep on the couch. Sometime during the night, I feel a blanket being pulled over me. I open one eye and see a woman with long black hair and bangs covering her face. Since that's what my wife looks like, I mutter, Thanks, babe. The next morning, my wife walks into the living room and says, At least you were smart enough to get yourself a blanket. I tell her, She put it over me during the night. She says that's impossible, because that blanket was 12 feet up in a cupboard. And my wife is five foot. She needs a step stool to get up there. Also, there's a stairway behind the couch to the lower level. Someone would need to be 25 feet tall to be able to pull the blanket over me from behind the couch. That's the weirdest thing that's happened here. Dog 308. Thank you for sharing that story with us. 
I have never had a ghost bring me a blanket. And truthfully, I would have a hard time falling asleep around a ghost. I think that it would be like falling asleep around a group of drunk people. And I don't want to wake up with a dick drawn on my face. Thanks again for that otherworldly tale. And thank you, Kristen, for your support. What's that in the stocking that has been hung with care? Why, another gift. Let's see who this one is for. It's for Lainey, host of It's Haunted What Now? Lainey invited me on to a get vocal session along with Holly Weird Paranormal some months back, where we discussed our personal encounters with the paranormal and got to chat with the audience as well. It was a fun time, and I will include a link to that chat in the show notes. Lainey, your present comes courtesy of Bad Rabbit, who began to hear whispers in his house. Here is his tale. I recently bought a house this past fall. No, much to my relief, it's not haunted. However, the house that I rented prior to that was. I thought it was just me that was experiencing things in the house. But after moving out, my wife came clean that she had several occurrences too. It was an ancient house built originally in the 1920s. The lady I rented from was about a hundred years old, and she told me that she had owned it for about 30 years, but would quickly change the subject if I asked if anything strange had ever happened there. Cop's instinct, I guess. The first time I ever noticed anything, I was on the upper of two floors and that's where I had my office set up. It was late, and the house was situated in a bad part of town, about a block from the rescue mission and nearly every flop house in town. I heard a whisper of voices downstairs, and immediately I went down to investigate. The back door that had been deadbolted was wide open, I snatched my duty weapon with light, made a quick sweep of the ground floor, and then went outside. Nothing doing. Thought, maybe I'd left it unlocked and it had blown open, and I wrote it off. Months later, I'm watching TV late at night, quietly in the living room. I stood up and walked across the room towards the kitchen and paused momentarily in front of the TV when I heard an unintelligible voice whisper or speak in my ear. Not like in the room or outside. I mean, right in my fucking ear. I did the same thing. Checked the house, outside, and about a block around the house. 
Nothing. I never mentioned anything to my wife, and she's easily excited about things of a supernatural nature. Months after moving out, she told me that she used to hear whispers and voices on our infant son's baby monitor when I would be working nights. One night, she said she heard it a few times, and she went in to investigate. It was winter. The house had electric heat, so very little air moved around. She steps into the room, and the light fixture that hung from the ceiling starts to swing back and forth, like someone had bumped into it. I'm so glad we no longer live there. Best of luck to the new tenants. Bad Rabbit, thank you for that tale. If I am ever doomed to roam the earth after my demise, I certainly plan to whisper some messed up stuff in people's ears as well. I've actually got a list of pranks that I plan to pull if I ever become a ghost. Write in and let me know what plans you all have if you should end up as a spirit that roams the earth. Thanks again, Bad Rabbit, and thanks again, Laney. It was a fun chat. When it comes to being good little boys and girls, there are perhaps no better examples than Kiki and JC, the hosts of Mission Spooky, who have shown incredible support for the show. Seriously, I see Mission Spooky constantly recommending Scry to other people online sharing tweets, and just generally being all around awesome. There will be no lump of coal in their stockings this year, that's for damn sure. But there will be this. A story shared by 762 Hunter 2, in which he details an armory that feels... a little off. I'm in the Army National Guard, and apparently our armory was built on a graveyard that consisted of pre-Civil War slaves. Before the property was bought, the headstones were removed. Out back behind the armory, there's a well-kept graveyard that goes back to pre-Civil War. The armory is very haunted and a lot of guys don't like sleeping there and will drive home when they get let out on Saturday. I sleep there a lot. It's a three and a half hour drive for me. The ghosts are very loud and generally don't care who's there. It always sounds like five to six guys walking around in boots 
I always designate the drill hall as theirs after 9 p.m. and stay in the classroom. But sometimes, you gotta go. One night, I crossed the drill hall to go to the bathroom at about 10.30, and I leave the door open. I hear someone walking across the drill hall in boots my way, and assume it's my gunner. As the footsteps get to about four feet, I zip up and turn around, and no one's there. I can see everyone staying the night watching TV in the classroom. The ghosts are chill though, and I think we have an understanding. One day, our new platoon sergeant had us out in the actual graveyard when it was raining, practicing battle drills. He directed us to where we couldn't avoid stepping on graves. Some things are just asking for bad karma. Seven six two hunter two. Thank you for that story. From the sounds of things. I need to drop down your platoon sergeant's chimney and drop a deuce in his stocking. Thank you again for sharing that story. And thank you to Mission Spooky for all the love and support. I've got one final gift that my elves wrapped up. It's labeled, For You. Yes, you. The Vigilant Listener. The lover of scary stories. The searcher for ghost tales. My scry family. This tale is dedicated to you and comes courtesy of Detux. Here is his tale. When I was young, We moved to a new development in the area. Soon after we moved in, we started to hear about Native American remains being dug up at construction sites and where people were going to put in pools. Before that, we all thought we saw or heard strange shit going on, and our dogs never seemed comfortable there. But one day my mom and younger brother, who was probably only four to five months old at this point, were home alone. And my brother was upstairs in his crib asleep while my mom was downstairs reading the Bible. She heard my brother wake up and start screaming and crying at the top of his lungs. So she sat down her Bible on the coffee table and rushed upstairs to find my brother sound asleep with no signs of struggle, strain, or stress anywhere. She figured she must have just somehow imagined it. But when she got downstairs to get back to reading, 
a chunk of pages were torn out of her Bible. That was a fucked up house. Detox, thank you for sharing your story. It certainly sounds like whatever was in your home was either hostile or wanted to intimidate your mother at the very least. Thank you again, and thank you to all our listeners. You all rock, and certainly inspire me to keep churning out new episodes. And with that, Old Seer Claus is going to haul his fat ass up the chimney. Wait for me to leave before lighting a fire, won't you? I don't want chestnuts, or my nuts, roasting on an open fire. All stories on Scry are reported to be true. If you have a story to share, you can submit it at scrypod.com, scrypodcast at gmail.com, or leave a voicemail at 573-203-8668. We are dying to hear your story, so please, share the scare. I'm going to be taking off the rest of the year for the holidays, so there won't be a new episode until after the new year, so I will see you all in January. Special thanks to Mew and Shadow Vibe who provided the music in this episode, courtesy of a Creative Commons license. Check out the show notes for more on these two great artists. But for now, we must once again close the gate, and as always, say goodbye. This is Scry. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hi, I'm Lainey, host of the True Crime Fan Club podcast, and I'm excited to tell you about my brand new podcast called It's Haunted, What Now? It's a podcast that brings you true stories about haunted objects and the owners who unknowingly welcome them into their lives. Join me as I share these creepy, spooky, and downright terrifying stories. You can find It's Haunted, What Now? on your favorite podcatcher or at hauntedpod.com. Hi, this is JC, host of Mission Spooky. And this is Kiki. Join us every other Tuesday as we teach you about historical sites in Pennsylvania and surrounding states. And we talk about paranormal subjects like ghosts, shadow people, magic, and cryptids. We also choose some of the more peculiar places and events of Pennsylvania to discuss as well. So please join us for some strange fun. And historical subjects wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.